Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everybody to those tuning in. I am Stefan Rosner, and this is the Isles Post Game Report. So tonight, the Islanders fall 3-0 to a Maple Leafs team that is now 9-0-1 in their last 10 games. I will be taking phone calls in about 10 to 15 minutes, and you can reach me at 760-283-0846. Let's break it down, ladies and gentlemen. They lose 3-0. So the main story of this game tonight was Michael Hutchinson. Comes into this game with a 2-5-1 record, 4.03 against But tonight, he stops 33 Islander shots for a shutout. If you look at the stats tonight, Islanders had 33 shots on goal. Toronto 23. Face-up percentage was not that close, 55.8% for Toronto, 44.2% for the Islanders. Islanders had the only power play opportunity in the game. They went 0-for-1. They out-hit Toronto 25-17, to out-blocked Toronto 13-9. to Left giveaways, Toronto had 18 giveaways, Islanders had 12. And takeaways, Toronto had 14, Islanders had 6. So again, the main story of this game was Michael Hutchinson. He stood on his head for the most part, but a main problem the Islanders had tonight was obviously burying goals. They didn't score any, but there was abundance of rebounds. Um, let's say 80% of the shots they had, there were rebounds right there, and no one could you know, score a goal. Anders Lee had a few opportunities on one. Uh, Kunak let a wide open end and a great deke. Just could not find a way to score. Uh, because of the lack of goals, especially last game against the Devils, they only scored one, and obviously tonight zero. But before this game, Trot decided to switch the lines up. So what he did was he put Barzola on a line with Bavillier and Bailey, Lee played with Nelson. So just a different shakeups, but clearly it didn't work. And after the game, uh, Barry Trotz said that it, he'll take that effort tonight. They had a lot of shots. They're not a team that you know, shoots the puck a lot. They did that. And he said, if you play that way, it turns to you. You know it's the right plan. Clearly, obviously, the Islanders have been struggling to score goals. And it didn't work out tonight. But again, the head coach will take that effort. So there's definitely a lot more things to talk about. Varlamov had a great performance. He wasn't tested all that too much, but he made the stops he needed to make. And the two goals that were scored you know, were turnovers and miscues, stuff like that. So the first goal that scored was against Noah Dobson. And it was a great deke by uh, Kapanen. He goes between Dobson's legs, passes the puck to Engvall, and Engvall buries the one-timer. That's a one nothing score in the second period. And then they add to this with an Austin Matthews unreal deflection on Varlamov. But this happens because... Scott Mayfield, the stick, uh, the puck bounces over the stick. He came to the zone, shot from the point, shoots and scores. So a few mistakes tonight come back to bite the Islanders. And, you know, it's just the same story every time. A ton of turnovers. It was a very sloppy game late in this one. They started playing really well. Again, a ton of shots. But the passing was rather weak in big spots. And the puck handling, for some reason tonight, just wasn't there. Bozar lost the puck a few times. Some miscues with passing. And it's something you usually see from this Islander team. They usually play a boring style of hockey, but, you know, connecting with these passes has to happen and they're not going to score. I thought Komarov the last couple of games looked very strong doing what he had to do. And tonight, a few miscues, a few, you know, wide open passes that he could have made and he couldn't get it done. And um, obviously not scoring is an obvious issue. And this team is built on defense. We know that this is defensive structure of trot. That's what's important to him. He built from defense up. Problem is, though, if you're going to be that defensive, you got to at least put one or two goals on the board tonight. And the Islanders really aren't doing that. And the Barzal line tonight had a ton of opportunities, but they were a minus three. Everly, right out of the gate, looked great. His legs were there, getting a few shots on goal, a lot of opportunities for the team, but they really just couldn't get it done. Um, more talk on Hutchinson. This is a guy that's really struggling. He played in the AHL a little bit. 
he usually doesn't play. The only time he ever plays is when the Toronto Maple Leafs have a back-to-back and they need to give Frederick Anderson the night off. So for him, this is a huge confidence booster. And for Tavares, he gets, you know, a lot of laugh. Last time they were in this building, Barzell had a hat trick against Garrett Sparks. Wasn't great, wasn't great goals, but goals nonetheless. And tonight, obviously, the Islanders really couldn't get it done. I spoke before the game about I thought that Bavilla would have a good game tonight, you know, playing alongside Barzell. He's a different player this year. Great playmaker, great finisher, and just, again, there's really nothing you could do. Um, after the game, they interviewed Sheldon Keefe, the head coach of Toronto. said he got to find ways to win boring games. He had a different type of game. He liked the way the Leafs stuck with it and didn't get frustrated by the, the physicality of the Islanders team, which is physical. You know this is a fast-paced Toronto team. They got Austin Matthews, Mitch Martin, and others who just have raw speed and talent that it's really hard to defend against, and the only way to really stop that is to be physical. And the Islanders... We're doing that. They, Like I said before, they had 25 hits. And this is going to ask Matt Martin and other big guys that lay the body. And for the most part, it was enough tonight. They really didn't give them much. Just a few turnovers cost. And Noah Dobson, talk about him for a few minutes. Noah Dobson's a guy that really hasn't had a chance to prove himself. He's dressed for, I think, 12, uh, 13 games tonight. And he's going to have a lot more minutes now that Adam Pellet goes down with the Achilles injury. And he looks strong. He was taking shots on goal. At one point in the game, he had two shots in less than a minute, and the last time he had two shots registered in the entire game was back when he made his debut. But the one miscue that I'll, you'll take from this game is um, his ability got walked by Kapanen, and yes, it's a rookie mistake. And what you love to see after this, though, even though it led to a goal, is Johnny Boychuk's his line mate, and Johnny Boychuk's 36, all right? And no Domson's not even 20 yet. But Johnny Boychuk, the leader that he is and the mentor that he is, made sure to get Dobson to laugh. Obviously, it's not a funny situation when you get walked like that in front of his whole family and friends that are at the game. But he made it known like this happens, you know, shake it off, and that's what you got to do. But the problem is that we're just seeing so many mistakes from Dobson. Again, again, young player, he's got to learn. But it's tough, tough pull to swallow when these are big games the Islanders, you know, want to win. And it's not, I mean, it's not Dobson's fault. Tave, after this move was made, Tave goes down to block the pass, but doesn't do a very good job of that, and they pass it over and score. So look at the standings update right now. The Islanders actually drop to third in the division as the Pittsburgh Penguins win 3-2 in overtime against the Montreal Canadiens. So now the Islanders have to start winning games because this Metropolitan Division is too close. Behind the Islanders is the Carolina Hurricanes with 50 points, and the Flyers in 49. They hold the 1-2 and wildcard spots. But this is a team like the Islanders. You cannot afford to not get points. You got to get one point each night. And Toronto is one of the best teams in the NHL right now. They're I told nine zero and one in their last ten. So that makes the loss against the Devils a lot worse because those are teams you got to beat. And they didn't. And tonight Toronto comes and handles business in their home place. And now the Islanders have to bounce back against the Avalanche on Monday. But I don't know what you guys think about you know those shuffling of the lines. It's one thing when they used to have Ross Johnson on the top line and then they tried Kunako. And it worked for a little bit, but not amazing. And then tonight, Barzal, Bavilli, I mean, I think each line tonight, they generate offensive opportunities. I just don't understand how you don't bury some of these rebounds because there was so many of them, especially one that got me was Kunako. Kunako beats out Hutchinson, has a wide-open net, and his stick gets caught, and he can't finish, and there's a scramble in front. And for so- somehow, somehow this puck doesn't go in, and, you know, the Islanders hit two posts in this game. It was one of those that, you know, wasn't meant to be tonight. Boychuk hits a post, and then a few minutes later, not even a few minutes later, Toronto comes down and scores. And late in the game, Barzal, they were in shoot, 
you know, shoot mentality right away mode because when you're chasing two goals, you got to find a way to score. And Barzal in the slot takes a nice shot, hits off the – rings the bar or the post, whatever it hit, and comes out. And then you knew at that point it was going to be really hard to find a way to beat Hutchinson. He wasn't giving up much. Again, the rebounds are there, but you have to credit the – Maple Leafs uh, defensemen because they had their hands on their sticks and they made sure to lift sticks and clear the zone and do what they had to do. Another thing that really bothers me about the Islanders right now, it didn't happen earlier, it's happening a lot, it's just the inability to clear the zone. I don't understand, yes, obviously I'm sitting here doing this and I'm not playing hockey at the NHL level and I know how fast the game is, but for the point that, just flip it out high up the boards or high in front of the net, whatever it may uh, high in front, you know, in the neutral zone, whatever it may be. But the lack of clearing the puck does two things. One, usually leads to a goal because now you're tired. And two, the exhaustion it puts on your defense and offense when there's a wide open chance to clear the puck out and you don't. That's just a lack of paying attention and lack of urgency. I mean, we see it not even just from Dobson, who's done in the last few games or any other Islander, but we're seeing it from Boychuk's done it, Letty's done it. So it's not a oh, these, these players are young, Taves is young, Pulak's young, Dobson's really young. It's not just the young guys. You're seeing the veterans of 10-plus years doing it, and it puts a lot of pressure on the goaltender. Luckily, Varlamov has been playing great hockey the last couple of games, and tonight you can't, you know, both goals are not really stoppable. So you can't even hold him, but we're going to take our first caller now. So hold on one second, guys. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Hey, great to be here tonight. Tough game. How are you doing? Yeah, it was a tough game. But when you look back at all in all, I mean, that's really the structure that makes the Islanders competitive in the Metro Division, being a hard, forechecking, grinding team. It's just they're in a scoring slump as of late. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely a fan of Trotz mixing up all the lines, trying to generate um, more defense up and down. Losing Pellick is a huge piece, but I felt like the D was more than up to the task tonight. Um, when you have a new 19-year-old defenseman, Noah Dobson, on the back end, mistakes are going to happen, which is fine. Hockey's a game of mistakes. Just happened to um, pinch, didn't get the puck in, in the back of the net, and that was really – the end of the game, unfortunately, because the Islanders just can't seem to bury a goal as of late, which is frustrating for fans and uh, not entertaining to watch, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I mean, you watch the game, I, like I said, probably 80% of the shots on Hutchinson were rebounds that were just there. And there was a lot of swing. Yeah. Dalco whiffed. Lee definitely whiffed on a few. And it's tough to watch because that's probably, what, three or four goals in the back of the net. They probably win this game. And the defense was – the Islanders' defense was really good. It was – two mistakes, and you're seeing that these mistakes are coming back. These little mistakes that happen in a hockey game, obviously, turnovers are going to happen, have just come back to bite them every time. And when the Islanders try to do it against other teams, other teams are ready for it. They they get the puck out, and I think that's just the biggest thing. Like Dobson tonight, it's going to happen. Mistakes are going to be made. That's how he's going to learn and become. This is a highly touted prospect. He's a first overall pick. So you, you know it's going to happen, but it's just it's tough to watch, especially when it's happening to him more than one, and now he's going to get – more than one, excuse me. And now he's going to get a lot of playing time with Pellick out. So you hope that he's just a quick learner. Yeah, and he's definitely shown progress given um, his limited ice time. I feel like once yeah. when Trot starts to trust him, the coaches start to trust him, he'll get the more ice time. And 
I think he's going to be a very good D-man for a very long time to come. Uh, tonight he shot with authority versus the other yeah. night against the Devils where he was afraid to shoot the puck. So mm-hmm. uh, so hopefully the leash got a little loosened on him for tonight, and it definitely showed. I mean, I thought he played great. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. a 19-year-old's going to make mistakes. What 19-year-old doesn't? It's just unfortunate the one time he made a mistake, it goes in the back of the net when both demon chose to pinch along the boards and the puck came to the middle, leaving Varlamov hanging out to dry. Yeah, and then that, that's another tough play because you want to blame Dobson, but, I mean, you have to block that pass. Kapanen had the puck on his back, and he's not getting a shot off there. Tease has to read that and go, yeah. okay, I don't even have to, there's no way that he's shooting that. I got to block the pass a lot more. And, you know, going down to block with your stick is great, but you got to lay out for that. You know that he's really the only play he has is to pass it across. You do that, obviously he breaks it up. You don't know what happens. But speaking of this of Dobson, again, it's, it's going to be a confidence thing because you don't get a lot of playing time. You get a, a one, you get a big chance now, and then you're in front of your family. And I was, I was proud of the way he played it. He didn't break any sticks. He didn't whiff on anything. He had, like you said, he shot with authority. And you clearly tell that you're watching the game because you're seeing these little things too. And I mean, I take notes and everything like that. But it's, it's got to come from the offense. There's got to be games the Islanders are putting five, six because the defense has a lot of pressure on them right now. Right now, it's you can't make mistakes or you lose. And if you make one or two, you're going to lose because there's no there's no offense. And this hurts, especially when you think Varlamov's not starting the next game just because he's played four in a row. And I assume Trost doesn't want to push him. So I'm assuming Grice is going to be in that, and you're going to get a different different outcome because you're not going to have as much support. I mean, unless Grice, you know, snaps out of it, I think it's going to be a learning curve for him to break out of this slump because he hasn't had slumps like this in the last year and a half. So it'll be interesting to see if the Islanders could wake up for Grice. Who knows? Yeah, and the next game's not exactly an easy one either. They're t- facing one of the tougher teams in the West with uh, Avalanche. Yeah. So hopefully they can uh, at least get the defense going strong and can turn that into offense going through the middle of the, uh, the neutral zone. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a rough time for Islander fans. Um, I mean, it's easy to, to break down the game after the fact. Um, yeah. I mean, everyone wants a trade, but you also got to see what the price of that trade is and if he fits in with this group that's a hardworking group. Um, I'm probably one of the few that's on the side of Lou of seeing – what pieces are there and what's the cost and if they fit with the group. But patience usually leads to a uh, a, a pretty good team going forward. So just got to kind of grind it out with the team and hopefully Lou can make a good deal before, what is it, February? And uh, yeah, hopefully the Islanders can get a sharpshooter of a, of a forward. Yeah, well, I appreciate you calling in. Thanks for the time, and hope for to uh, hearing you next time. No Have problem. One, Thanks right? for having me. Have a good night. So the Avalanche won today, five-two against the Devils, and this is a team that scores goals, plays a physical brand of hockey. They got some big boys as well, and you just think that, you know, Islanders have to find a way to score. We have another caller. All right, welcome to the Dallas Post Game Report. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, Stefan? What's up? How are we? Well, not as good because they just lost, but, you know. Yeah, you know what? I thought they played well tonight. Um, score obviously doesn't show that, but they had over 40 shots again. Um, two posts. Bad luck there. Hutchinson played a fantastic game. Fantastic. Uh, but two things that stood out to me in this game, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, other than the uh, the first goal where Dobson 
just got yeah. twisted into a prep. He got what? Uh, yeah. I thought I thought he played really well tonight. Uh, much much improved over the uh, New Jersey game. I think the only way the Islanders are going to be able to withstand Pellick's injury is to go all in on Dobson at this point. Just let the kid play. Um, he's only playing, I believe, roughly eight to twelve minutes a night when he's when he is in the lineup. I don't know what his uh, minutes were tonight, but he running five minutes for the rest of the season tonight. So, yeah. I'm sorry, he played 10? He played uh, a little under 11 minutes tonight. Oh, well, okay, so I think they're going to need to get him more into the 13, 14-minute range, mm-hmm. only because they're going to run out of uh, they're gonna run out of room with these defenses. They're going to run out of time. Yeah, uh, like I said to the last caller, Dobson, it's going to be a confidence thing. He's going to learn, and hopefully, like I said, it's a quick learning process, but every player is different. This is a guy that was, again, a highly touted prospect. He had one... He made a crucial mistake in the World Juniors, I think, last year in the gold medal game when he had a one-timer opportunity in overtime to win it for Canada, and he, he whiffed, and he came back. Well, he and broke he his stick. Yeah, he broke his stick, yeah. So that was, a, that was again, that was a year ago, and now he's at the NHL. So now it's time to, you know, figure some stuff out. But I think definitely he played he played solid tonight. I know on one, one back check, he was able to stop an odd man rush, closing out a passing opportunity. So definitely you're seeing things. You're seeing the confidence build. Each game, again, it's just an unfortunate that one of the goals just comes him getting absolutely walked by Kapanen, and it, it looks really bad. But, again, a big learning process for him. And I think if the Islanders are going to succeed through the rest of the season and make noise going to the playoffs, I think Ryan Pollock is going to be a major driving force behind that. Um, every time I see this guy play, he's gaining more and more confidence, not only on the defensive end, but on the offensive end, and I think he is the missing is a missing piece to their offensive struggles. He has yeah, one I of the best the shots on the entire team. Yeah. Go ahead. No, so he, I was going to say he's got one of the best shots on the team, and I think that if they're not going to, the offense is going to score. They got guys on the back end like a Pulak, like a Boychuk shot. Letty's got sick hands and moves. They got to shoot the puck more because they can't give it to this offense if they're not going to find a way. They got to take many shots. Pulak shot if stopped. It'll probably lead to a rhythm just because how hard it is. So they definitely, have, I think he's got to shoot the puck more. And I completely agree that he's got to be a main focal point on this offense. Not only on the point shots, but in contrast to Boychuk, Ryan Pollock is a much like a better skater yeah. than Johnny Boychuk. There was one play yeah. tonight where uh, Pollock came down the right circle, mm-hmm. walked yep. around the defenseman, and had a nice scoring chance. I mean, that's yeah. the kind of opportunities Ryan Pollock needs to get because this team needs every single person to chip in. And on that defense, he's yeah. got the most potential to put that in out of anybody. Well, definitely. And it's crazy to do just how young. I'm pretty sure he's 25. And it's just, you know, you have a lot of young guys on defense that are learning from veterans like Letty and Boychuk. And I mentioned earlier that some of the mistakes are coming from, you know, Boychuk or Mayfield, who's been around for a little bit. And it's just hard to watch just because, you have these young guys that are, need to learn from these guys and they're making similar mistakes and you want it to be the other way around where these young guys are learning from the veterans. But I completely agree that uh, Pulak's upside is unreal and I think he's going to be a top defenseman in this league. I mean, he's, I think he's very underrated just because he's on the island and you know, not many people tune in to watch him play. But like you said, he had a great move for the front. He's got the wheels to do so. He could generate offense. I just don't know how much pressure that puts on the defense to have to be the one that does offense and defense because – 
I mean, they're making plays in the defensive zone tonight. I thought it was, I thought the game was really, you know, a good pace tonight. The, all the lines were chipping in. I just, it just couldn't bury. It's one of those nights where Hutchinson played well and the defense that Tottenham played well. This team desperately needs scoring help, and I don't see it coming in the near future. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think their only help at this point is Kiefer Bellows, who Lou Lamarillo said in recent days had had caught their attention. I believe he has 13 goals in his last 14 games. Yeah, um, but if like these that. scoring woes continue over the next two games, Monday and Tuesday, back to back, home against Colorado and in New Jersey, I do. They have a three-day break between Tuesday night in New Jersey and Saturday night, I believe, home against the Bruins. I do think if the scoring woes continue through the next two games, you could see a Kiefer Bellows call up in that three-day that three-day break, yeah, allowing him at least two practices. Yeah, so I think that the way Luke came off when asked about Bellows, you know, it seemed like he was, like, nonchalant about, yeah, we're not really interested in calling him up. I know we've had a good uh, goals right now, but I think right now Island is running an option because time shuffling is not working. I mean, it's generating, but they're not scoring that problem. I think that was a little thing that he's been physical this year, but he's not really shooting the puck. You got Ross Johnson with a scratch tonight. Um you have other guys that, I mean, they're, they're shooting a little bit, but you could definitely put a Kiefer Bellows and just see what you got. I don't, is he ready for the NHL? There's only one way to find out. Dobson's going to find out right now if he, could, if he can stick with it. And obviously he played well tonight besides one, one really poor mistake, which happens to any defenseman might get walked in that situation, not just him. So I think there's no reason not to try it. If Kiefer Bellows isn't ready, he goes back down. But right now the Islanders need scoring at this point. Josh was saying like, if, you could put the, if anybody could put the puck in the net, it's time to give him a chance. And I think that I don't know. I, I, do you think they're going to make a trade if the scoring woes continue? I don't really think they're going to have an option, especially if they call Bellows up and he doesn't do anything. Well, I think it, it, if they continue where they are and we get to the end of February and they're still in the top three in the Metro, right there with Washington and Pittsburgh and Carolina, uh, I think it would be criminal, borderline criminal, for Lamorello to not make some kind of move. I think this team is almost begging for it at this point. They've played unbelievably well so far this season. And the one missing piece that separates them from the rest of the teams in their division is their inability to score. Now, if you go back and you look at the 17-game point streak, they were actually scoring at a pretty decent clip. Most games, they were scoring three, four, five goals, which is out of character for this team in this lineup. It is. So... They do need a little more beef up front. I think Bellows is the only help short term. Uh, mm-hmm. Long term, I don't know. Um, it just depends on what, what about Andrew Lou is Lad? willing to part with. What about they could Andrew put Andrew Ladd back in. He scored I don't tonight. Think they, I, don't, I don't think they think he's ready. I don't think they want yeah, – remember now, he's missed most of the last two seasons. I don't know the exact number of games he's played in the last two seasons, but I would be willing to bet mm-hmm. it's under 35. Uh, oh, I agree. So I don't think he necessarily feels his 100%. Maybe he does. Um, but I also think if they bring him back in, they don't want to put him down on a fourth line or a third line. He want, he, they want him to play top six minutes. Same thing with Bellows. If he comes yeah, up, I, mean, I know Lad scored tonight. And it's finding yeah. that spot in the lineup. Lad's. Exactly. And Lad, I know Lad scored tonight in his 1,000th professional game of his career. I know when he came back after the injury and played the game with the Islanders, 
I thought he looked very strong, but again, we don't know how he felt after the game. Yeah, I mean, we just we don't know from our standpoint, but I think that you have him, you're paying him. You might as well see if you could – I mean, you're going to try out people on the top line like Ross Johnson, Thomas Kuhnuckle. Give If you call that up, give Lad a shot. See what he does with Barzell. You know, he doesn't really have that opportunity. It's been a year plus since he's really done anything at the NHL level, and he's an NHL caliber player, or he at least was. And for them to get something out of his contract, it'd be nice to see him produce and see if Barry Trotz could find a spot with him, thought for him to click with somebody in the top two lines. Uh, one other thing, as you were speaking, that clicked in my mind as well, is with the lack of games the lad has played over the last two seasons, that means he's barely played under Barry Trotz as well. That so is true. it's also it's also must be a it could be a systems issue as well. Not only is it Lad getting back into physical shape and whatever, but he's also trying to figure out how to play the new Islanders way of hockey. Um, that that is that's also true. Bellos is that he's been in the minors now for a year and a half. Yeah. Under the Bridgeport coaching staff, which is instituting the same systems that are being taught played up top. Yes. Played up top, right? So, um, but yeah, I, I think Ladd or Bellows are your top two options at this point. I know people on Twitter have been calling, ten, especially tonight, for Cole Bardrow to come back. While that would be nice, uh, I don't think he's going to provide necessarily what they need right now. Yeah, I mean, we're also forgetting about one person. Um, I don't think they should call him up, but Oliver Wallstrom is still there, and he – he had a really bad World Juniors. He had actually a really bad hit in the last game that really cost Team USA a chance to come back and win that game. He had a bad um, bad hit, but uh, he didn't do much at the NHL level when he got his opportunity, but again, he, they have these guys that they just have to develop. Wallstrom should be eventually a 20-plus goal scorer, 20-plus assist man, power play guy, you know, one of those guys. Maybe he's just too young and not ready, so you give the other guy, Kiefer, a chance, bring maybe Ladd up, but you still have Wallstrom in your back pocket if maybe you know, Absolutely. chance comes. Well, Absolutely. I appreciate the I time, the one, uh, you know, tuning in. Before you let me go, I just want to say, yeah. I think the one holdup with Wallstrom is that even before mm-hmm. he went to World Juniors, uh, he was struggling over his last 10 yes. games in Bridgeport. That's why I don't think at this time he will be the guy that would be called up in this situation. I do think Bellas would get the nod only because of how mm-hmm. high he's been. Um. But other than that, yeah, I definitely think Wallstrom, Lab, and Bellows are your hopes until one. Yeah. Because I don't think anything's I mean, coming anytime yeah. soon. No, and I don't think they, they're not, first of all, I don't think they're willing to give up these young guys in a trade. And if they want to go after, um, I don't think they're going to get like a top. Everyone's calling for, we got to get an elite sniper like a Panera. We got to get somebody like that. They're not going to, first of all, you're never going to get that at a deadline. Once you give up a substantial amount of prospects, slash draft picks, whatever the combination may be. So I think the Islanders, the, they're going to have to find something within. Or they're going to have to trade for a third-line center, second-line winger. But, again, you're going to still have to give stuff up for that. I might as well try everybody out they can. And then if that doesn't work, then you think about giving up a prospect and a few draft picks to make it. Because the Islanders right now, they get an elite goal scorer or someone that just fits the system. You don't even need an elite goal scorer. Just somebody that fits. I mean, you saw Vegas go to the cup because everyone produced in that lineup, and they didn't really have any – top, top guys. It was more depth players that just fit into the system they put in, and you just need to see the Islanders get somebody that fits perfectly. It could be a third-line guy on their team right now that comes in and plays top minutes and finds a way, oh, wow, he's really good with Barzal, or he's really good with Brock Nelson, and then you just figure it out that way. But 
it'll be interesting to see the Islanders just continue to, to struggle to score. But I appreciate the time you coming on, talking a lot. So hopefully I'll hear you on the next one. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. So, again, a tough night uh, for those just tuning in a little late. Islanders lose by a score of 3 to nothing. They get 33 shots on goal. Can't muster anything with Hutchin just playing a very strong very strong net for Toronto, something he really hasn't done all year. Islanders, again, they don't really shoot the puck, and they did so tonight, and they fall. The next game is Monday at 7 o'clock against the Colorado Avalanche. believe that Grice will start that game just for the fact that Volomov started the last four, and Grice has not been good in his last few starts. So you hope that maybe this, you know, this break he's had let him re- reset, and you hope that the Islanders find a way to put bucks in that because you definitely need one to win a game. Two or three is something that you really want to see. The game is on MSG+. Plus. The Islanders right now are 25-12-3. They are in third place um, in the Metropolitan Division, and I hope to hear from you guys on the next podcast. Have a great one.